They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Good evening, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got Steve Tancock, fresh back off the plane from uh, deepest, darkest Canada. Digital guru for Somerset County Cricket Club, Ben Warren, who must have said link it to your My Somerset account on Twitter about four and a half thousand times this week. And the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded, chaps. Six, count them. Six Somerset victories during that time. Five in the blast and that incredible game against Knotts in the Championship. Shall we start with that? Now, I, I had a thought on this uh, the other week. People are saying it was an incredible victory. It was remarkable. It wasn't because in that game, that's a microcosm of what Somerset do. They can get bowled out for 170, they can bowl a side out for 92, and they can score 500 for 5 or whatever it was. All those things are perfectly within the realms uh, of what Somerset do. If you were living under a rock, um, after... Oh, what do they do? Do they win the toss or lose the toss? I can't even bloody remember that. Anyway, Somerset 163. 163 all out uh, on a, uh, at Taunton. Uh, this game, of course, being played with the Kookaburra ball. Uh, doom and gloom around Taunton then they uh, fought back brilliantly bowled uh, knots out for 186 and then 514 for 8 declared uh, obviously plenty going around on social media and comments about should they declare should they declare but it did not matter when they declared because on that third evening they wrapped up knots 92 all out winning by 399 runs Hundreds for George Bartlett and James Rue, 70 off for Tom Lamanby, and of course wickets for Matt Henry and the irrepressible Craig Overton. Josh Davey picking up four in that second innings as well. Have we seen the like of that before? We probably have, but it just sums up the inconsistency of, of Somerset. They're the girl with the curls. Sometimes they're brilliant, sometimes they're, they're not. Glorious inconsistency. Yeah, mm. kick us off then, Gibbo. What did you make of that uh, that game? Well, we were we were pretty poor on the first day. That was the only day I went to, by the way. Thank you, Somerset. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we were very, very good with the ball on the second morning, and that's really what set it up because it was a good pitch. Um, And to bowl uh, knots out for what was it, 183 in the end? No, no, it wasn't 183. Was it? We got Uh, 186. 186. You know that I mean that really gave gave the side a lift. Uh, Tom Lamanby had a little bit of luck in the way of of plays and misses and being dropped and what what have you. But um, on a good pitch, we batted as we should have done in the first innings, and and not sort of just collapsed in in the um, second innings. It was a very feeble not. Perf- would not be a podcast without Gibbo freezing and then jumping back in. I don't know. Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. You froze, Gibbo. Oh dear. Do crack on. Yeah, I just think. Uh, I mean, not so pathetic on the on the um, Tuesday afternoon to, to allow themselves to be bowled out for ninety two on a good wicket. But Somerset were irrepressible. You know, it was a 
led by Matt Henry and, and Craig Overton. I mean, they are a tremendous spearhead. And once they'd opened the breach, then, you know, it all happened very, very quickly. And I suppose you had an extra day off, Ben. What did you get up to? Um, well, just prepping for the quarterfinals, to be honest. We're quite happy with the uh, um, the extra extra day. We've, we've had it pretty... I think if, if ever a county cricket schedule could allow a smooth run into a quarterfinal in this day and age, I think we've had it with the, the early qualification and the extra day on, on Wednesday. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was just a, a yeah terrific terrific turnaround I think that Dan pulled out the stat didn't he that it that no team had scored fewer um first innings runs and and gone on to win by a larger margin which just goes to show just did how... you did you verify that by the way because uh, me- that... members of this podcast have been known to feed people fake statistics on on, on occasions uh <laughs> not guilty <laughs> particularly in a well, I'm sure Dan is uh is of uh, much uh, more genuine character than myself but um, if if it came from the pen of Mr Kingdom I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure it's bona fide I, I agree um it felt like a good stat um no it was um it was brilliant I think the the way that um they bowled on that that third afternoon was if it was probably some of the best um sort of intense spell of um pressurized bowling that somerset have had for probably since the sort of sort of sort of like golden period they had around sort of 2018 mm-hmm. where they, they they had relentless kind of pressure from from all kind of angles and they just sort of through you know various reasons not quite had that in the the last couple of years but that that new ball spell with Henry and Overton and it was really well backed up by Josh Davey and and, and Casey Aldridge so yeah really pleasing really pleasing and then um, how from your perspective how much value is Matt Henry adding not just with his his bowling but how he's helping the group around around the games is he sort of very support I mean Craig seems from and I've been really distant for the last two weeks both physically and literally but it strikes me that he's one of those players that um, is really adding and, and players are feeding off and benefiting from him. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think there's a natural connection on the pitch. His style of bowling suits, are, you know, particularly Craig Overton's, you know, and there's certainly an on-pitch chemistry there between the, the two of them and working together. But, but yeah, off the field, he's been been really good. You know, a very sort of... You know, he's not necessarily got the ego of of, of some fast bowlers and and some international players, but he's very very down to earth, big family man. You know, settled in really nicely, and it's just a very pleasant individual. And and as is Ish Soddy, actually, who we um, who met the other day, uh, you know, really really nice. I presume Matt Henry was quite helpful in that short term signing. I think so. Yeah, I, I you know I would imagine he might have had his phone number, for example, but. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah no I think I think the key for Somerset has got to be checking out what his availability is like next year as soon as possible because mm. you know I don't know what the New Zealand schedule is looking like for 2024 but um, you know I think that that's got to be pretty top on top of the list doesn't it getting him back for as much as we can next year yeah I I couldn't agree more yeah especially as a it, appears from what Peter Siddle said uh, earlier today that this is probably he has probably late played his last game for Somerset he's not going to play again this uh, year after suffering that hand injury and is uh, 
probably already on the plane back to uh, back down under or maybe staying to watch a bit more of the Ashes who knows might talk a bit about the Ashes later or not because you may want to keep this to under two hours well for just in, in context of the Ashes there's no substitute for, for real pace that's what Matt Henry has brought to the attack pace and on a wicket you know like the Torsen wicket for the Knotts game which, is, which was pretty dead if you've got a genuinely fast bowler you'll make things happen He's a very, very, very important weapon. Well, it's interesting you say it was dead, Gibb. I thought there was a, a bit more life in this one, especially considering you've got the, the Kookaburra ball. I mean, it seemed to be to be a, a really good cricket wicket. If you if you got in, you could make hay, but if you put the ball in the right areas, you get rewarded. It was slow. That old cliche. It was slow, though. It was slow. It was, I don't know. I don't know what's happened with the pitches at Taunton. We were, you know, we were promised fast, hard, bouncy pitches, which would suit Craig Overton down to the ground but um, we don't seem to be getting them and and uh, it doesn't make for particularly exciting cricket Anthony, Although which I have was to say the, the pitch more... for the game the pitch for the game against Kent last night was absolute belter it's the best pitch I've seen all season was that one of the hybrids uh, and... could they use that one in four day cricket I think it was the same pitch they played Surrey on and, and, the, and the derby I think it was the same pitch it's just probably reach that point where um, yeah we're a long way into the campaign and they're going to be some that get recycled yeah yeah I think it was just probably at its at its best you know sometimes pitches can be at their best those hybrid pitches after two or three games so yeah, yeah it was well so George Bartlett made 100 uh, backing up his 100 uh, against Middlesex um, I I'll see. I do spend an inordinate amount of time thinking about George Bartlett, probably more than I should. Uh, potentially because he of that batting lineup, he is one of the most talented and pretty much the the most frustrating uh, player that's that's on the staff. I mean, for me, I I think it's probably a mental thing with him. He just seems to get not necessarily lose concentration, not get bored, but something around that kind of area. He just Almost needs a little bit of a, of a you know a reset every you know ten minutes or so just to you know keep his keep his head in the game and you know stop stop this wandering around and uh, playing a daft shot. You've seen a lot of him. I think. Give it, oh, I on, think it, sorry, I think it's a case. It's always been with him. He's such a nervous starter, isn't he? But I think he's probably one of the best at converting 50s to 100s once he gets in and, and my, my take on him as well is I think he's the sort of player who not too long he's going to get to 100 and in the right situation is going to go on to get a really big 100 because I think he just gets better and better it's, there's got to be something there that they must be working on which is get his mindset at zero the same as it is at 35 or something because again I've, I've watched obviously not watch very much other than highlights but he seemed to be moving so well later in that innings and again from comments on Twitter and that, it seemed that he was very scratchy early on so if we can just get him you know the first 20 runs are the hardest in any innings aren't they if we can get him to the point of being more confident then I think and I've you I mean Anthony will remember me predicting him to be leading run scorer when we did our predictions on BBC Somerset a couple of years ago and I still stick by the fact that to me, he should be somebody who's going to make a huge amount of runs for the club in in Championship cricket. So, 
I'm just delighted for him. Absolutely delighted for him. Yeah, so am I. But I just wish he'd stop sort of fiddling around and trying to work the ball into the onside, straight balls into the onside, playing around his front pad. Mm. And I, I wish he would stay a little bit stiller keep keep when he's actually playing the ball standing still rather than moving around because he's he's got all the talent in the world but uh, as as you've been saying i think he is a nervous starter i mean he's got this tick of running coming down the pitch a couple of paces to a to a fast bowler and i think that's that's just nerves as much as anything but yeah it was very it was a very nice innings and and he's a joy to watch george bartley's so fluid in his in his stroke Mm. play but um you know, I'd like to see um, Shane Berger really get to work with George Bartlett and sort out one or two of these technical issues that he's got. And and in the way that Tom Banton has sorted out a lot of, you know, technical issues in his batting and is 50% better batsman this season than he was last. Without a doubt. I sent Trigo off his long run uh, in the commentary box on whatever day that was, first day of the Knots game. First day, yeah. Yeah, he just kept, he just kept going and going. But... Um, what what point that Trees made though is when you say go, he does that sort of shuffle down the wicket, ends up outside the off stump, and then still plays at the ball. I know. Whereas you just, think that's something that should be step step. Okay, it's outside my off stump. I'm doing this to find a f- kind of exaggerate where I am over to my off stump, so if I can then leave the ball. I, mean, I think he, as well as he's something he needs to work on is knowing where his off stump is. Yeah, well, he, uh, what Trees said to me was that he'd be better off batting middle and leg. Hmm. Rather than this silly off stump uh, guard, and and he he takes an off stump guard, and then he shuffles across even more to, towards the off stump, and and uh, if you watch that, that's the sort of technical issue that I think you know Shane Berger ought to be sorting out with him. But if you watch the highlight reels of Bartlett's hundred, Warwickshire last year, Middlesex a few weeks ago, and Knotts last week, none of the hmm. none of the glorious shots he plays are uh, are started off by that little shuffle down the wicket. No. It's all no. when he just stays still, bang, good technique, trusts himself, yeah. lovely straight Absolutely. drive, extra cover drive, beautiful to watch. <coughs> Your thoughts on GB Ben? You've been a little bit quiet on that one. You've probably seen him just as much as uh, as, as any of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I say really pleased for him. You know, he's. Uh, I mean, what I watched him up get a hundred at Lords um, in May as well. So, um, yeah. I think I think it's he's he's going to be a little bit you know I don't, I don't want to compare him to James Hildreth because he's not a good a player as James Hildreth but he, I think he's always going to have that technique a little bit like it <coughs> was when he needs to once he gets to twenty that his technique and his eye will see him out of some troubles that um, that he can get himself into but. Um, that was the you know that, that, those uh you know he's a, he's just when he gets in he's very talented and and, and he he's, he scores all the way on the wicket and you know he's, he can score quickly so you know he got 70 80 off for the twos today as well just to keep keep himself ticking over so um yeah yeah i think i'm really pleased for him and um, you know he deserves a lot he deserves success he works really hard on his game um but I don't think he's ever going to be one of those players who's going to have a, you know, a, a kind of a Tom Abel technique. I don't think he's ever going to be a player that, when he gets out early, people aren't going to question him because, you know, he does float outside off stump early doors. But 
you know, so do a lot of players in the modern era. <laughs> it's so yeah. Yeah, I think he's got the potential to. He is uh, well. He is in the last year of his contract. I think he's. I don't know. We have to see how the rest of the season goes. But if he carries on like this, um, I think there'll be no no danger at all of him not being uh, signed on again for the next few years. But it's just frustrating because you think you could be so good. You could be scoring 16, 17, 1800 runs a season. And you just keep finding silly ways of getting yourself out. And you know, he's been around the side a long time now. He's not, uh, you know, it's not. he's, what, 25, 26 now? So he's been around that side sort of four or five years. I think, yeah. This could this could be his season. We shall see. And of course, James Drew scored another hundred. What can we say about James Drew that we haven't said already? Jesus. He should have been out first ball. Ah, could have, would have, should have. <laughs> it was dropped by, by um, what the hell? What's his name? Was it was that first slip or was it, it was in the cordon? Wasn't it? I can't remember whether it was keeper or slip. It was no, it was wicket keeper. We can keep it down the leg side. He's normally so reliable, Tom Moores. Well, it, it was a pretty. He, he didn't keep very well at all, Tom Moores. Are you joking? He's, he's normally an incredibly reliable keeper, scores hundreds of runs, and there's no oh, suggestion. He let, through, he, let through quite, he let through quite a lot of buys. He missed James Rue first ball. Not I'm being a little different. bit sarcastic, Gabo. Oh, right. Yeah. So. Who's the Knotts coach? Who's the coach at Knotts, by the way, at the moment? It's yeah, got yeah. the same name, hasn't he? They can't Are be they related, related, can they? No. No, surely not. <laughs> yeah, if you wanna if you wanna if you wanna kill a few hours, find a Knotts fan and um ask him about Tom Wars and why he's in the side. Uh and I'm sure they will uh talk to you for uh, well, as long as you want about that. Anything more on Knotts then? Um not really. George Bartlett's run at Hasip Hamid is my early contender for sparkling cider moment of the year. Think a little bit of magic like that normally kicks off a, a collapse like that, and it was a brilliant uh, run out to uh, send Dozy Hamid back to the Andy Caddick Pavilion. Um, anything else then before we crack on with the blast? Cool, right? Uh, we will revisit. Uh, no, we won't do Hampshire because we're doing one again on Sunday now that we made the quarter final. So that's one victory dealt with, and now we've got five more to talk about wins away at Essex away at Glamorgan home against the Gloucesters uh, away at the Oval and home to Kent uh, Somerset have unprecedentedly is that a word uh, won 12 out of their 14 blast group games home quarterfinal secured top of the group life is good for uh, Somerset in white ball cricket um, can't help the feeling that uh, this could be Somerset's typical Somerset off storming away with a competition only to fall away at the last hurdle again so touch a bit of wood there but yeah um well where should we start then essex uh that was a game where everybody hit about five sixes i think uh we won that one uh, by seven wickets inside 17 overs we'll talk about that one because you had to sit next to a disgruntled don topley gibbo let's start with that first i mean yeah we had him 15 oh, for th- 15 for 3 and they uh, and they somehow managed to get up to 186 yeah. we, um, didn't, we didn't bowl very well after the start but the highlight of that game was um, Tom Banton's reverse I don't know what you call it reverse pull shot a reverse slog sweep that went for huge 6 away just to the right of the pavilion it was a quite extraordinary shot 
and uh, he did it again at the Oval on on Friday evening, and uh, oh, it was it was it was great, and uh, Will Smead was good as well, and it was it was a very enjoyable evening. <laughs> there's, there's nothing better than beating Essex at Chelmsford, sitting next to Don Topley. <laughs> ah, I wish to have been a fly on the wall in the commentary box. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we started off well, kind of fell apart in the middle, uh, and then we pulled it back uh, with the ball. Uh, one thing that I w- was pretty relieved about is that we had Abel and Dixon to see that run chase home because we, mm. I think we got it down to they got it down to about a run a ball. I mean, uh, and they just knocked them off. Didn't need anybody doing anything silly, and they are two fairly reliable Sean, players. Sean Dixon, was, Sean Dixon was a revelation. Actually, I, you know, he he went up a, a whole different level. In his his white ball batting, and he's he's sustained it subsequently. He's he's turning into a much better white ball cricket than he is, <laughs> and that's what he was signed for. But um, yeah, good luck to him. He had some he had some really good shots at that. And was that the game where we had about three hand injuries? I can't remember now. Um, that, that was when Roloff did his hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Siddle did his down at the Aegeus Bowl, and I'm not yeah. sure about Lewis Gregory when he did his, but uh, he's he's obviously recovered and was as fit as I've seen him for a very long time last night. Yeah, he, he really did look fit and well and and firing back to his old self. He looked really good last night. Um, Anything more on Essex then? No, right, we're going to whip through these. Uh, Glamorgan at Cardiff then a few days later. Uh, that was Casey Aldridge's uh, Vitality Blast debut, not his T20 debut because he played in that uh, Sri Lanka Development 11 game last year. But took an absolutely spectacular catch at the deep cover boundary and didn't celebrate, which <laughs> I'd love to see. Just kind of stood up, cool as a cucumber. was like, yeah, that's what I do. Um... See these, I'm literally having to remember all these games. Are they come so thick and fast? You can't. Uh, I'm just looking across here at quick info. Uh, one seventy-two for two off seventeen point one. Yeah. Um, TKC sixty-two, Smead sixty-six, and Tom Abel the regulation twenty, not out of sixteen balls. Yeah, we had to watch that weird leg spinner bowl for them as well. Peter, my name's worth a lot of Scrabble. Yeah, they dropped. They dropped. Will Hats speed. Hats or or blue or yeah. And I think it actually that could have been a difficult chase for Somerset if 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 Smead had been caught, um, because it would have meant the two down and early. Early um, root dropped him, didn't he? At the, yeah. On the uh, square leg boundary, absolutely straightforward chance. Yeah, it wasn't the most difficult chance, was it? Oh, so, oh I remember now. It's all come flooding back to. He was quite close to the rope, though. That's what I think it was. He was. He was pretty close to stepping on the boundary so I think although technically it was regulation I think that was just in the back of his mind that he might he might tread on the Toblerone to, uh, to but it was at the point of when they were you know Somerset have managed to get themselves a pretty good formula of, of chasing runs recently where they just sort of get themselves way above the ray and then Dixon and Abel just come in and just nerdle it around and see in his home but not always going to be that straightforward of course but uh, it's a quite a nice way of chasing runs that you need to get is to get yourself so that net, so that run rate is not really a problem and then uh, have your nerdlers come in and, and finish the job but uh, I'm sure it won't always be that straightforward for the rest of the tournament well as long as it can be that straightforward for another three games 
<laughs> everyone's going to be happy. Uh, what else about Glamorgan then? Uh, oh, young Sir Bashir. Um, I thought he bowled well. He only bowled a couple of overs, but cut Cardiff short straight and quite long uh, to the uh, offside and leg side. Uh, and I thought he would just, you know, really kind of go into a shell and just try and bowl it sort of flat into the pitch and quit. But he did toss a couple up. Um, didn't pick up a wicket, but uh, I was uh, quite impressed with that. He was, uh, you know, brave in his variations. Uh, and I think he's he's looking like a player. And I think he's going to be yeah. somebody very special mm. to watch over the over the coming years, especially another as one from the dean. Yeah, is he? Playing for the being playing for the dean, yeah. Oh, but he's not from the dean. He's kind of he's doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm an ex dean. I can't see it. No, he's come from he's a Surrey, boy. Surrey via Berkshire via an off chance getting a game in the second eleven. Then he's just he's just gone on from there. But with the uh, English spin bowling cupboard in red ball cricket being particularly bare, apart from uh, another Taunton boy uh, who's uh, sadly injured at the moment bit more progress and you never know he could find himself uh, find himself with a test cap sooner rather than later uh, if things go uh, according to plan for him um, oh, what are you cooking Gibbo? I can see a hell of a lot of steam coming out your oven there is everything alright? smoke <laughs> oh smoke that's even worse I was paying you a compliment I did, yeah I thought it looked a bit smoky steak and chips yeah Oh, good stuff. Monday's always steaks and chips night. Right, uh, let's move on from Glamorgan then to the Cider Derby against the Gloucesters a couple of Fridays ago. We had a bit of trouble there. Uh, Casey Aldridge and uh, Craig Overton mm. managed to dig us out of the proverbial, winning with uh, well three balls to spare, four wickets in hand. Um, another game there where we kind of got, uh, what did we get them down? Yeah, three for nine in the third over and they recovered to 168 for six similar to the Essex game where started well ended well but the middle was a bit of a shambles um, let's talk about Will Smead I thought that's the best I've seen him bat for Somerset because he wasn't trying to belt everything into the river there was a, a stages there where he was you know he recognised the, the situation of the game and you know he, he ran the ones and twos knocked it into the gap um, 78 or 40 I think it's his highest score this year 78 uh, so yeah. really impressive. Yeah, I think that got eighty-four. He got eighty-four against um, Surrey. Oh, and he got ninety odd against the Gloucesters. See, this is right. what I mean. So many of these games, you can't keep up with them. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's in great great form. He started off <clears throat> looking really rusty, and he's just got better and better. <clears throat> and as I said last night on commentary, it is just scandalous that he's not playing red ball cricket for some. Mm. He is such a talented batsman. And and rather like Tom Banton, he's improved his offside game as well. And you know, I think he's, you you cannot be that good at one form of, of of the game and not be capable of making a really worthwhile contribution in the in the other form. I I just think it's a real shame. But he's he's in great form, and he and he and Banton, if they don't both succeed, you know, one one makes up for the other, and and they are a tremendous combination at the top of at the top of the order. Well, I think that's... And if even one if even one of them can bat through eight, nine, ten overs, Somerset, uh, you know, are in a winning position. That's been a facet of the of the overall T uh, Twenty play, though. Is if somebody's failed, whether it's with the bat or the ball, 
the other guys have stepped in and, and contributed. Yeah. We haven't had a collective failure yet. Touch wood, touch wood, touch wood. I think that's the the, the, the amazing thing about if you take the, the group stage as a collective. I think Kent away was probably the only real game where they lost wickets in clusters um, at the top of the order. And, and you know, there's that stat floating around, isn't it? If you lose three wickets in the power play, you're slightly mm-hmm. to win and you know, the, the platforms that, that and the sort of risk management of the top three I think has been a very mature and confident mm. um, attribute of the side that, that they, they still you know go out and, and try and score it 10s, 11s, 12s and over but they do do it with a sense of of a brain and they do play the ball, the right shot to the right ball on the hole as much as you can in by taking that amount of risk. And I think they all, all three of them hit the ball in slightly different areas. I think Anthony's spot on that Will Smith's enhanced his array of shots. But they, but him and Banton are still quite different players and, and, and Cola Cadmore equally. Um, despite all three of them right-handers, they do hit the ball in slightly different areas and then they do pose different threats so yeah I think that that's probably been the one standout for me across the 14 games just how consistent they've been 60 for one 70 for one 80 for one mm. yeah. in like seven overs or something yeah and, and yeah. that you know that that that's inc- incredible to think that you know over 14 games the worry is and I think that that's in the back of everyone's mind is what happens if they don't say it don't say it. That was actually what was reassuring about the Gloucester game yeah. because we did lose early wickets. And then the, the lower middle order, who hadn't actually been contributing very much, you know, the likes of uh, um, Ben Green and Casey Aldridge and Craig Overton, what have you, they stood up and won us the game in the end when, it, you know, it, we could easily have lost that game if it hadn't been for, for Green, Aldridge and, and Craig Overton at, at the end. And that, that to me, was very reassuring because, you know, the two weaknesses that, that Somerset appeared to have before that performance was the middle-order batting, you know, um, after, after the first four had gone. Um, Sean Dixon hadn't really made his mark at that stage. I think it's now after the first five have gone. And Lewis Gregory, the way he played last night, you know, it's the first six. Whereas prior to that, with Gregory out of form and Dixon finding his feet in in, in twenty over cricket, if if Messrs Smead, Banton, Cody Cadmore and Abel were back back in the pavilion, then Somerset were in trouble. Whereas now, well, in it's that more Anthony, like... in that game, in that game, Banton, Case, TKC, Tom Abel and Dixon scored sixteen between them, yeah, and Dixon exactly. got half of those. So that yeah. was that was a case in point, wasn't it? That you know, again, Absolutely. my perspective, which is very different from yours, you look at the score when you're walking around wherever I was and you think we are in a heap of trouble here. We're very reliant on Will Smead now. But then you've got 80 out of Green, Casey Aldridge and Crago. Yeah. No, that was, that was a really encouraging performance against Gloucestershire. And we needed that. You know, we needed to be tested. And it was good again, um, Surrey and Kent again last night. It was good that we batted, we had to bat first and set a target rather than constantly winning the toss and, and, and 
decided to field to to chase down some sort of a target because you can't win the toss every time and we may very well find ourselves either against Notts or, or, or up at Edgbaston having to set a target and and they, they did, did it really well you know 208 against Surrey and 220 against uh, Kent last night and scoreboard pressure tells and I, I think there's a you know there's a case for us um, if we win the toss batting first rather than necessarily chasing Yeah, what was our last two losses? That we've lost chasing at finals day last two times, haven't we? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we lost Hampshire in the f- semi-final last year and then Kent in the final mm-hmm. the year before. Yep. Food for thought then. Uh, yeah, Aldridge continues to impress. We have a little chat about Casey. He didn't bowl in the game against Surrey on Friday night, which I thought was a little bit strange considering that they were there was potentially an opportunity to get him on there you know Josh David didn't have a particularly great game but yeah oh right. brilliant last over oh he did though yeah that's true was it go for three four something like that mm. um, so yeah, yeah all, 32 off 20 against Gloucester he got um, he got runs against Knotts as well didn't he in the championship game uh, uh, he did uh, yeah 50 uh, 50 in yep. the second innings and 35 mm, big in the first. Yeah, adding to that, that uh, incredible 100 he got up at uh, Lancashire. Uh, one of the finest knocks I think I've ever seen in the history of uh, <laughs> first-class cricket. <laughs> Tongue firmly in the cheek. The trouble is, he's from a, from a bowler who bats. He's becoming a, a, a middle-order batsman who bowls. You know, And what we really need is, is, a, six, is, an, is a homegrown fast bowler. And he, he does go for a lot of runs, and I think that's why he wasn't bowled on Friday night against Surrey on a on a good pitch. You know, he's he's, he's he bowls a his natural length because he's six foot five inches tall is a little bit short, and on a, on a good pitch, if you bowl a little bit short to a good batsman, you're going to go the distance. That's the... Well, that was so, going to be my question. Do you think he is going to develop into a batting all rounder rather than a bowling all rounder? Yeah, well, we need, really need a bowling all round of them. It's a bit of an oxymoron, but I think it means Casey's games in the Always Look on the Bright Side of Life Cup are going to be really important for his bowling because he's going to have, he's got to have a role in that. And, you know, that to me might might well decide that discussion. Could see him doing a Jamie Overton batting at four, potentially. I've heard worse with, ideas. with Tom Badson and Will Smead and George Bartlett all batting at four in the championship side as well, yeah. Oh yeah, why not? But uh, no, certainly no. I mean, in the, in the always look on the bright side of life, one day cup. I think he could, you know, certainly bat in the top five quite easily. But I, what I'm saying, Chef, is I think he's got to be given responsibility with the ball, especially if Ben Green's going to be snaffled off somewhere. Then he's going to he's he's one of the senior bowlers in that side. Then. To, you know, in terms of experience, yeah, probably Brooks and Davy ahead of him. Uh, who else yeah, would be? we're not going to have an overseas that we know of. Anybody coming in, Ben? Uh, well, I, I think it's um, it's been nice on the accounts. <laughs> We've just gone live with the general um, ticket. Like, it's quite a lot of people. Um, <laughs> 
in a few. Uh, but we've sold a, like in live reporting, we've sold a Ooh. thousand more tickets in the last half an hour for the quarterfinal. Wow. Um, so yeah, we are about five thousand tickets deep now for the game. So wow. Uh, so how many all... have we got? So that's about what three thousand left. Give or take. Yeah, yeah. It will. It will. Um, yeah, it's been incredible. <laughs> the last twenty-four hours, it's um, well. It can't yeah, be that difficult to log on and link your website if we're selling all these tickets. Yeah, I mean, about fifty, sixty thousand people have done it now. It's just a few that haven't. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, it's um, overseas players. I'd imagine. Yeah, there'll be. There's a certain. Um, yeah, it'd be great if we could have um, some people in for the Royal London Cup. I think it would certainly help. Um, boost attendances and things like that but uh, we shall see I mean I, I got quite upset at the uh, and frustrated at the ticketing uh, window yesterday because I uh, I thought it was 10.30am and not 10.30pm so I was on my laptop going where the hell's the ticket and then I reread the email and it said 10.30pm I might not have been the only one but I sure the hell hope that I wasn't but uh, yep yeah. got my tickets all sorted for Friday night um what are we up to then? Uh, Surrey, so where are we up to then? So, uh, Surrey away in Kent at home, we're getting there now. We're ne nearly at the end. I mean, what to say about Surrey? Nothing better than beating Surrey at the Oval. The Peasants revolting. Tom Banton with 84. TKC with 39. Ben Green, 40 off 24. 208 for 5. And then with the ball, well, Matt Henry again. 4 for 30. Absolutely brilliant. And new signing, Ish Sodi. Yeah, he he well. was signed in the window between podcasts. Yeah. Uh, obviously trying to replace the irreplaceable Roloff van der Merwe, uh, who is uh, still out injured. I did ask him today on on the Twitter when he was going to be back, but he hadn't replied yet. So if you're listening, Roloff, just uh, DM me, bud. Um, but yeah. <laughs> don't know where that came from. What's, what's, do you, ben, do you, have you got any news on Roloff? I saw him yesterday, and he's still got the um, like protective sort of um, covering over two fingers. Uh, I mean, if anyone can, it's probably he'd be a good candidate to go go and give it a go. Um, and I guess he may, you know, given the fact he's unlikely to um, to bat. I don't know. I don't know is the honest answer. Like, you know, obviously. There's the tournament. It's not. It's not out of the question, though. He might be fit for finals day. I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, it, but it is. That, what is it? Twelve days away. Yeah, fifteenth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think in normal circumstances it would be a challenge, but and it's a big risk as well because you mm. know you slightly misjudge a catch in the outfield. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that was obviously part of the thinking behind bringing Sodi into the squad. Um, and if we have both of them for finals day, then brilliant. Um, but I think it's, yeah, I think it's probably pushing it, but you never know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do get a bit of stick, but credit to the management for proactively getting in uh, an overseas replacement, especially with the quality of his Sodi. I like him, he, you know, he's he bowls a, he's a very good leg spinner in white ball cricket what what more can you say mixes his pace up mixes his lengths up bowls his variations well bloody good player yeah. do we play him against Hampshire in the championship next week I presume we do if he's over here 
I mean, I'm not. Well, it depends he, what contract he's on, doesn't it? He is eligible to play. He, he's available. Okay. He's available. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Why not? We haven't got anybody else. I'm just going to have a look at his record in white ball cricket, uh, red ball cricket. Well, you're looking it up, Ian. He he actually managed to finish second in the T20 bowling averages <laughs> at 11. And Jack Brooks finished third because I had a quick squint at the averages before we started recording. Oh. So he averaged the 11 and Brooks, he averaged 12.17. Can you split that between the North Group and the South Group? Well, actually, it did say Jack Brooks, Nottinghamshire, which I was no. a bit offended by, as you can imagine, also because he took three wickets for us, didn't he, in the game he played? Yeah, Essex. Oh. So he played No, he played Essex and Glamorgan, didn't he? I think he bowled pretty well in both of those. Yeah. Um, uh, right, it's Sodi's first-class record. Um, 93 games. Um, Oh, I've lost it now. 93 games, 303 wickets, best of 7 for 30, best match bowling of 12 for 62, averaging 33 with the ball, 17 fifers and two 10 wicket hauls. Take that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Nice bowling leg spin in New Zealand, which aren't necessarily the most spin-friendly pitches in the world. Not the biggest grounds either. Um, oh, Gibbo's got off to have his steak and chips. Hopefully he'll be back in a second. Uh yeah, I think we're picking him for the championship next week. Um, well, we're, Ian, quickly, while we're on our talking stats, I thought as Dan wasn't on tonight, I'd try and do come up with a stat. And the T20 averages so far this season, we have three batsmen in the top 50. We have seven bowlers. Which, which when you, you sort of think... And we talk about quite rightly talk about the batting, and Ben Green's in both. Which is so the three in amazing. the top fifty. I ain't kept my, I ain't kept my spreadsheet. So who's that? Then that'd be probably uh, TKC forty two point eight, Banton thirty seven point four five, and Ben Green thirty six. Probably held so by some knockers. What's Will, Will Smead averaging then? He's been scoring. Well, I only looked through the top fifty. I reckon he's just outside it. But we had three in the top ten, if you count. Fish and Jack Brooks because Matt Henry was ninth as well. So, and Ro Roloff finished seventeenth in the averages. Shep. So, yeah. oh, do we call him Roland now to wind you up like uh, our friend did last recording? <laughs> oh God, I've forgotten about that. <laughs> he was one of confusing him with and then Roland. He said he gets Roland him Lefebvre, mixed up but... with Roland Lefebvre. Oh dear. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? That you know, if I, I, before I looked it up, I was expecting to see four or five of our batters in the top fifty, and not that many of the bowlers. And it's it's very interesting. Well, I suppose the way that we've been dominating games with that top order, it, it kind of makes sense because none of the guys are getting in. You know, the if that lower middle order aren't getting in consistently and having to score the runs, they're not going to mm. be in the uh, mm. featuring. Uh, significantly in the averages I'm just going to try and find these now which is why I'm uh... oh I hate Crick Info you click you go to the Vitality Blast page you click you click stats and then it takes you to uh, their bloody uh, I give up anyway uh, right so oh, yeah, sorry away and then finishing off with a victory against Kent last night which I could not attend spoiling my 100% home game attendance record this year at least one day in every championship match because my Darling wife decided she was going to go and see Bastille, and I forgot about it. So uh, 
unfortunately couldn't get the kids up because uh, it being a school day today we'd have been back far too late and they'd have been grumpy little sods this morning right shall we look ahead to Friday then quarter final under lights knots Cooper Associates County Ground 6.30 start is it 6.30 start 6.30 yeah. start knots no Shaheen Shah Afridi unfortunately been summoned to a Pakistan training camp which is yeah, terrible really but you know what can you do but still a very dangerous side what do we think is going to happen a lot depends on whether we get Alex Hales out early that's true if we do then I fancy our chances if we don't it could be in trouble uh, similar situation to Liam Livingston a couple of years ago, wasn't it? He was going bananas, then all of a sudden, boom, uh, caught and bowled, job done. That was pretty much game over there. Um, so I'm just trying to. Find... Is it, um, can I just say, you had a discussion on the last show about this concept of the top team automatically going to finals day. Mm -hmm. And I, because T20 is. Yeah, yeah, we've won twelve out of fourteen, but the the difference between winning and losing is much finer. You know, over a four day game, you you hope expect the better side to come out on top. And let's all be honest, we've had a great run, but we're all really not apprehensive, but we all know there's the possibility we could have the best season in group history and not make finals day. And I am sure there is a way that financially you could sort this. Well, that the team, the prize money mm. for the team winning the group compensated. You know, my my accountant's head was listening to that discussion and go, "Give me a, the finances." And I I reckon I could sort something out there, because it to me, I I actually really like the idea of the eliminators for second, third, and fourth. And I'm not just saying that because we've won. We used to do it in the one the year we won the one day cup. That was how it was structured. And I know you're going to say, "Yeah, but you didn't sell out the one day cup." home game or whatever but I still I still think it's now I'm going to go back to the baseball analogy if you win your division in baseball you get a big advantage going into the end of season playoffs compared with the team that finishes second um, and I, I think it's something that should genuinely be considered and I, I hope I'd be saying it whether it was Birmingham or Lancashire who finished with 12 wins and then something awful happened and that's the thing isn't it you know we've had some stunning performances. The players have done brilliantly, but in this form of cricket, it's no, uh, not even close to a guarantee. But uh, being optimistic, they are playing so well and confidence is so high. You you hope that they can deal with whatever situation they're faced with on the game. Yeah. Well, I don't know with it. I think um, Gordon Hollins would have a problem with it, and you know, it's it's probably worth anything up to a hundred grand. Uh, a sellout uh, evening T20, and uh, that would take a lot of replacing. What do you say, Ben? 5,000 tickets sold? Yeah, so T20, so sorry, I've just missed out on that last couple of quick, but yeah, T20 quarterfinals worth about a quarter of a million to the club. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, I just did, yeah, mm -hmm. cheapest tickets, 35 quid times 5,000 is 175 grand. Um, so when you add in sponsorship and um, drying wet sails, um, you know, all the other bits around a match day. Um, you know, it, it's it's huge, and it's not just the kind of 
profit and loss at the end of it. It's the reputation, being on Sky, you know, sponsorship, partners, kudos yeah. of the club. You know, it, um, you know, it's, it's been brilliant to have three in a row. Yeah. It's my favourite uh, favorite blast game of the season anyway. Yeah. Because I don't much like Edgbaston. <laughs> we, we, we always come unstuck at Edgbaston. You do get to play somebody home, new home as well. Home final is fantastic. Yeah, it's probably not new, but somebody that you don't regularly well, we've, play. We've played them four times in the blast and we've won three. This will be the fifth time. We've won yeah. three and the, the, well, we in lost... Re- the recent times, we've won one and lost one. We won at home and lost away. 17 and 18. Yeah, the other way around. We we lost in 2017. We lost at Trent Bridge. Yeah, and won at won 2018 at Taunton. That should be a great game. Yeah, looking forward to. Who do we fancy out of the other quarterfinals to make finals day then? Well, I think Surrey, Surrey are a very good side when they're at full strength, and Jason Roy is back playing for Surrey now. So you know. They're always going to take a lot of beating. And Hampshire, ditto. Yeah, if fancy Hampshire. So it's Birmingham, Birmingham, Essex to me is the the one that could go either way. I know Birmingham topped the group, but I think any one of well, I like I like to see Essex get knocked out. Oh, I wouldn't. I'd like to see them win and then us beat them in the final. I'd like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's the nature of T Twenty cricket. Any team can. Uh, can beat any yeah. team on the day. I won't be putting the putting the mortgage on anything. Uh, so yeah, in terms of the Knots players, well, Tom, Tom Moores is their top scorer, unbelievably, despite what I recently said about uh, uh, said about him. Two hundred fifty two at forty three. Joe Clark uh, thirty uh, four hundred thirty at thirty three. Colin Munro uh, two hundred seven at twenty nine, and Alex Hales two thirty one at twenty five. So not having the uh, the greatest of seasons. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Well, I'm just saying, and uh, yeah, oh, top of the uh, top of the knots bowling averages. Yeah, J. A. Brooks, uh, prompt must be a promising youngster coming through their academy. Um, uh, Harrison Montgomery ball, but we're not going to worry about that. I think it is. Um, I think yeah, I think we should win. Just carry on what we're doing, doing what we're doing. One thing I did. Uh, it was the right decision was we didn't experiment with the side we didn't bring in like the likes of Goldsworthy and Bashir and, and that sort of thing for the Kent game we kept the same side as, as much as we could and just try and keep that momentum going towards uh, the quarter final finals day um, what else we got to talk about shall we have a little chat about the Johnny Bairstow stumping while we're here seeing as everybody uh, everybody in the whole cricketing world is uh, having their Tupney Aitney, uh on, on the rights and wrongs and the spirit of cricket and that all, all that sort of nonsense well, it's his own fault. <laughs> he shouldn't have done it. He tried. He tried to do it to the Australian yeah. in the first innings, and he should have been, you know, of all people, having tried precisely that trick in the first innings, he should have been aware of the possibility in the second. I don't. I don't think the, the Australians have got any case to answer. I think those MCC members have, have just, you know, made a, made the, a laughing stock of Lords and the MCC. Too much claret in the long room. Yeah, exactly. I mean, one thing I did notice, and I hope there's nothing more sinister than this, but Kawaja did come back and look quite upset and have a word. He was the only one that did, so I hope nothing, you know, racial was uh, uh, 
racially motivated has gone on there because that's the last thing that uh, English yeah. cricket needs after the uh, mm. the re recent report that was published the other week, which I've got about two pages through reading, and it's uh, it's a long it's a long old read, and a chance to <laughs> dedicate enough time to getting through it. Yeah, Steve, out or not out, and are you doing it if you are uh, Alex Carey? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're trying to win an Ashes Test at Lords, aren't you? You know, that there was something I saw that said you need to watch Indian Test batsmen because in that situation they have been told and they I don't know where it's come from I don't know but apparently they look at the keeper and then if in doubt they look at the square leg umpire and sort of get a recognition it's okay to leave the crease you know mm -hmm. and yeah I, if, when I was playing if I'd had the opportunity to do it in a game that was any game you, you play to win yeah but you've, done, you've I, done it, haven't you, Shep? Oh, yeah, I'm the biggest shit-ass keeper it. going. Oh, I'm absolutely all for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I would, I would have done it. Uh, and I will do it as much, and I will continue to do it as well. The only time I haven't done it, the only time I've ever been uh, a stand-up moral citizen when I was keeping wicket is uh, we were away at Bridstow, which is up near a camp that a couple of years ago, and they were nine down. They needed about 150 to win off about 30 nobles or something. And this kid, he was about 11, he comes in, grey tracksuit bottoms, black trainers, I think he'd never played the game before. He wanders out of his ground, first ball. I take it, I say, kid, kid, keep your foot behind the line or, or you'll be out. And he sort of looked at me with kind of a vacant stare and, okay, he don't know what he's on about. So next ball, I had him off in the bar. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, I've lost count of the amount of times I try, I've rolled it up with the stumps. I, I normally miss, that's my trouble. Uh, right, so uh, Ben, what was your... Uh, your thoughts on the old uh, Johnny Bairstow dismissal? I don't know. It's my mistake. I'm, I'm probably 50-50. I think my first thought was that it was within the laws but not within the spirit. But the more you watch it, the more you see the fact that he was making a, a, a move too quickly and it was quite clever. Um... What is the spirit of cricket anyway? I well, think yeah. if he if he was injured, that load of complete bollocks. There's, there's, well. As much cheating goes on. In <laughs> well, there was there was one in one of these World Cup qualifiers uh, last week where I think it was Ireland playing Sri Lanka. Um, Sri Lanka batsman, he's t he's taken a bouncer you know, short ball on on the glove, and then he's sort of wheeled away. He's wringing his hand. And he's been run out while he's he's obviously not tempted around. He's going, ow, my finger, ow, my finger. That is, for me, is against the spirit of cricket because the guy's injured. Mm. He's not He's not there being dozing. There was a good, good exchange on Twitter. Did you see the um, exchange on on Twitter between Paul Nixon? Oh, Mark Butcher. And, and Mark yeah. Butcher. Paul Nixon said, oh, it's not the spirit of cricket. And and Mark Butcher came back and said, well, when, I was, when you were keeping against me, he, he faked that he'd missed the ball and it was and he'd gone down for a leg by and Butcher set off for a, for a leg by whereupon Nixon produced the ball and took the bails off <laughs> which would now be five penalty runs that's sportsmanship for you. that's the spirit of cricket <laughs> dear god right right what else luckily, are we doing then? luckily we haven't had to deal with anything like that at Somerset this season yeah well, don't count your chickens, Ben. It could all kick off uh, quite soon. Um, happy to win the blast. It'd be Tom, be Tom Moore's at the centre of it, Ian, on Friday night. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. 
Yes. What, what, what do you think the Somerset fans' reaction would be if that happened in the final? What are and we? we uh, is Tom Banton doing it, Tom or is keeping? Yeah. Oh yeah, out all day long. Um, well, I was got speaking of Tom Banton, he's off to play some T10 cricket in uh, Zimbabwe in uh, what, about two or three weeks' time. Uh, it's only like a ten-day job, uh, so we'll be off for that. Roll off has signed for uh, the CPL, so that will mean he misses uh, probably a couple of championship games, but he wouldn't probably be selected for those anyway. Uh, so best of luck to those two guys in their endeavours around the world. Right, quickly, listeners' question then. Uh, Andy Cleave, as a follow-up, who comes in for Davy if he's not fit? Casey Brooks or a second spinner? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, JD Jack didn't Bro- have too good a night of it, and he has got a bit of a side strain uh, from last night. So, I mean, Jack Brooks has played for Knots, hasn't he? As we, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast. Um, yeah, I think it would be. Could be a good wild card option, maybe. Um, but K- Casey's has strength in the mm. batting. So, uh, I don't think they'll play the fielding. And the fielding as well. I mean, they have always gone. They've gone with six bowlers every game, and I think that's that's a very very sensible strategy to be uh, to be going on with because you know statistically, one of your guys might take a bit of a cloth in, so it and. and more more often than not someone has we go about what we were talking about with the batting with somebody always stepping up if another guy fails uh, we haven't had a collective bowling failure yet we maybe had one one and a half guys if you like having a bad night so um, yeah I definitely want to keep the six bowling options yeah I don't I don't think they'll play the extra spinner I think smart money would be on Aldridge but there's something about Jack Brooks that has he got one last bigger, bigger game? I don't know. No, Somerset players do not get to retire in champagne moments. Didn't that for didn't that for trees? Well, didn't that for for trees retiring from Somerset? Didn't that for Trez either. One the not 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 for Trez, not for Hildy. So uh, let's hope that trend is. But I oh, know Trees did. He uh, won the rule under one day cup in his last season, so that kind of counts. Trust. And then he won the uh, the blast for uh, uh, for knots in the October drizzle. That day, so uh, Hildy and Trees did not. Uh, uh, sorry, Hildy and Trez certainly didn't get the champagne send-offs. Uh, they did. Uh, Mark Long is moaning that Ben, you missed two wickets out in the uh, in the highlights of the last day. Uh, well, that was ECB, not me, and they built the packages. Bloody um, ECB! Oh yeah, um, uh, we don't get enough time in the calendar to amend them if the ECB get it wrong. Oh, <laughs> Can't just whack them into Prem Pro. Bang, 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 done. Yeah, that and about a million other things that goes on. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Keith Beale has, has rather um, rather unkindly said, uh, "Is Josh Davy too much of a liability to play in the quarterfinal?" I hope he means a fitness liability oh. because, uh, yeah, okay, he's had a few off days, but I think he's still a quality bowler, is JD. Um, and that's period's playing World Cups for Scotland as well, so. Yeah, he, he went off with a, what looked like a side strain last night. Though. Yeah, so if that is, if I doubt is, he's going to be fit for Friday. If it is a proper side strain, then uh, yeah, he's he's no way he's going to be fit for uh, Friday. Uh, Richard Freeman, uh, any update on Roloff? We've covered that, and 
there was another one which is who would you uh, would it be worse using losing it to Lancashire or Surrey in the semi-final each is a horrible prospect by Richard from Richard Freeman who would we rather lose to um, well I wouldn't mind there are, there are other teams <laughs> that I'd <coughs> much less like losing to like Essex or Gloucester. Um, and at least, at least Lancashire and um, I'm sorry, have got one of our own each. Well, that's true. And Joss and Jamie. Yeah. Uh, Matt Hutchins says, "What's that thing uh, that Tom Carly Campbell wears on his neck? It's to do with concussion. It uh, mm. it helps improve blood flow to the brain or, or something like that." Um, yeah. Go on. The, go on the blood flow to the. It improves blood flow to the brain, which apparently provides greater cushion between the brain and the skull. Because I looked it up and read about it and it's widely used by American football players apparently. I would imagine so the number one concussion sport in the world if it improves blood flow to the brain shouldn't all batsmen wear them because uh, you can't tell me there's not a batsman who's who's uh, played a dopey shot and uh, has had a complete brain fade so would that, would that work I don't know more blood more brain power better shot selection I don't know I think yeah I think the the scientific analysis is mixed when when its effectiveness but um, yeah like Kirsty you said there's a lot of people in America um, using them so then yeah must be some logic it's probably also a mental thing I guess you know, when, you know mm. so, yeah. I'm going to have to go ships in a couple of minutes because your steak and chips is ready taking... fair enough no, Gibbo not... we'll crack on there uh, Professor Chris Lintott uh, friend of the podcast says if we could enter this T20 team in a proper 50 over competition how would they do they would win but we can't and we all know why <laughs> <laughs> be fun to watch though wouldn't it oh god yeah and the last one is uh, Jacob Lund has asked for a shout out for the Somerset disabled team who are currently top of their Super Yay, Nines well group ahead uh, of uh, the Gloucesters uh, I can't read that it's, uh, Wales and Dorset so well done Jacob and all the Somerset disabled team and Jacob asks Gibbo are you enjoying your new commentary position available for your own forty nine ninety nine from the range while stocks last <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been fine. Um, it's because the weather's been good. <laughs> it's, it's, if we get a you know a northerly gale sweeping in across the, across the county ground with frequent heavy showers, it may not be so great. But no complaints so far. Well, when does the roof arrive? Is that still on back order? <laughs> well, it's not that we've got a roof of sorts. It's the front. It's got, it hasn't got a front on it. <laughs> so this is, so, ever, so if the if the wind is in the wrong direction, we all get soaked. So, well, uh, you should be in the proper commentary box on Friday night then, if Sky are doing it. Yeah, exactly. Well, we were last yeah. night. I, I saw I, I saw the uh, I saw the the uh, the little shed had been moved, and you were you were yeah. not inside it, and it was vacant. So, all good stuff. Uh, da, 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 da. Dave Downing's his current squad even better than the one that won the One Day Cup in 2019. I think it is. You know, I think it is. Banton's moved on. We got Smead. Matt Henry, yeah. Job yeah, done. Right, uh, I think I've exhausted my notes. Any other business, gents? No. Congratulations to Jack Brooks and his partner. And Lewis Gregory. And Lewis, and Gregory. Lewis oh, yeah. Gregory. Oh, Lewis. Did I miss that? Sorry. I saw Jack Brooks' yeah. Instagram post. Yeah, that's going to be... Uh, yeah, Lewis's uh, hand injury came at a convenient time. It's almost like a footballer getting himself... Uh, just that, that extra booking just before the uh, the Christmas break just to uh, have that bit of time off but yeah congratulations to uh, uh, Brooksy and, uh, and and Lewis 
I think Josh Davies got one on the way as well. It's uh, it must be something in the water at Taunton. Happy days. Right. Friday night then. Right. It's on. We'll see you on Friday. Three in a row. See you all later, guys. Yeah. See you later. See you later. Peace.